Welcome to It's Complicated, the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We're both licensed marriage and family therapists, and today, like every day, (laughs) we're debunking myths and delivering truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. Welcome, everybody. Episode 49. Talia, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm okay. I feel, <laughs> I feel like there's just something that needs a little fixing, you know? I love fixing things. That's my number one support. How oh, to do fix you? things. Okay. Let's, let's fix it up. Let's fix you up. Let's give you that support <laughs> that you need. Unfortunately, while I like fixing things, I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> you don't know how to repair things? How do I repair the things, Talia? How <laughs> do I repair? Enlighten me. That's what we're talking about today on episode 49 of the Couples Guy podcast. How to repair. How to repair. Yeah. Of course, couples, we fight. That's what happens. We get into disconnection or conflict. Um, and it can look a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be the big blow up fights, but no matter what, you can have some, um, some friction, some tension in your relationship. And yes. one of the key things is learning, hey, when that happens, how do you come back from that? How mm-hmm. do you get away from that disconnection and move towards your partner and repair anything that needs repairing? How do you fix it? I think it starts with a repair attempt mm-hmm. and being able to recognize when your partner is trying to make a repair attempt at the basic foundation. Right. And then there's ways of repair, which we can go into. I would say step one is recognizing a repair attempt needs to be made Uh and recognizing when your partner is trying to make a repair attempt. So Uh I think in, I, I know in Gottman method of couples therapy, there's like an entire worksheet that goes through step-by-step, step, like how to make a repair attempt after we, it's called like an aftermath of a regrettable incident rather than mm-hmm. like a fight or a conflict or, you know, sometimes that's a charged word for some people. Mm-hmm. So recognizing that if your partner and you maybe feel emotionally misattuned, there's a disconnect. We said or did something that didn't land well. Mm-hmm. And I, I gauge this usually by verbal or nonverbal cues. So mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, a repair attempt needs to be made because your partner looks at you differently or kind of gives you the look of like, why did you say that? Or why did you do that? And you're like, oops, like if you get the gut thing of like, oopsies, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's when a repair attempt would need to be made and recognizing your partner. And this is where apology languages come in. So Mm -hmm. I would invite listeners to go back and listen to that episode we did on apology languages Mm -hmm. and really knowing what, how best you accept an apology because your partner could be trying to say they're sorry and you're like that's not you saying sorry they're like but that's my apology language I am trying to repair this with you so I would say that as a foundation is key right knowing your partner might be trying to apologize so know their apology language know when to make the attempt look for verbal and nonverbal cues and then keep an open mind while we're having that repair you're both having stuff come up. That's why the conflict happened. It's not just out of, oftentimes I should say, it's not just out of the blue. Your partner did something to get under your skin and you had no part in it, right? There's times where it's like, why would you say that right now? And then it's like, you didn't know I had, oh wait, I did have something going on that I didn't share with you that I'm extra sensitive to. So thinking of it as a, it's a twofold problem that we can both become 
part of like the solution too. Yes. Yeah. Shifting away from being uh, adversaries and shifting into a team and collaborating. Yes. I love yes. that at the start you're saying, hey, be aware that a repair needs to happen and be aware and intentional in the bid for repair and noticing mm -hmm. if your partner's doing that. Mm -hmm. I think one of the points that stands out to me within that idea is do a repair. So many couples that will end up in our offices have come in because they haven't been repairing after each disconnect or fight. Because mm -hmm. I hear this pattern all the time um, with new couples. Yeah, we fight or uh, something went down, but we never really go back to it. We just kind of, okay, the fight's over. So right. today it's okay. Let's not, you know, poke the, the giant. Well, right. that's going to actually help you move forward in your relationship because whatever hurt or disconnection or whatever issue was there that led to that fight, it's not going away. No. It's really just avoidance if you don't go back and repair. So I love that the first thing is just being aware, like, ooh, we, we need to, you know, have this reconnection, this repair right. experience. Because if you don't, it's going to be trapped in your relationship. It's going to fester. It's going to get worse. And it, it's not going to go away. Uh, last thing on that too is I'll, I'll have some couples come in and one partner will say, yeah, but it feels like we're always in therapy. It's always so much work because every time there's a fight, we have to do this repair. And I get that that can be emotionally draining at first. Mm -hmm. That happens if you've been in a habit of not repairing for forever. Correct. But what I try to like, you know, give some hope and encouragement with couples who are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to always have to talk about this is what you'll notice is if you get good at this, you'll realize there's less need to do it as frequently as you did. Because mm -hmm. if you've had a fight and you didn't repair, guarantee you it's going to show up five more times. <laughs> yes. And, and in ways that you didn't know possible, right? Yeah. We're arguing about one thing and it's called yeah. kitchen sinking. You yeah. bring up everything in the kitchen sink, yeah. metaphorically to your partner. And they're like, yeah. what? And you're like, it was just like this one time, two weeks ago. Yeah. And you're like, what? And, yeah. and then what happens, right? Let's say you and I are in a relationship. What happens when you and I are fighting? And I'm like, seriously, Ryan, this is just like you did this two weeks ago. Are you effing yes. kidding me? And you're like, what two weeks ago? I was like, oh, really? You don't remember? Yeah. It adds work. I just made it yeah. worse on myself, right? Yeah. If that's yep. our case, I made it worse by not bringing it up a couple weeks ago. It's not your fault. You don't remember. Maybe yep. that conflict or disconnect didn't hit your threshold back then, but uh -huh. it hit mine. Yep. So it's my responsibility to bring it up and be like, hey, that wasn't great for me, right in the moment, right? As soon as soon as possible as you can get to the incident of it, the better, right? Yes. Within five to 10 minutes, that would be a goal for a lot of the couples that I work with rather than letting it fester for a month and being like, so remember a month ago? And they're yeah. like, don't play no. this game with me. I do not. <laughs> yeah. I don't. And I only feel annoyed that you're bringing something up from a month ago. <laughs> yes. No, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. And on that point, it's like, if you have one incident and you repair immediately, then your that incident's done and you, you've come back together, it's resolved. If mm -hmm. you have an incident and you disconnect and you don't repair, you'll probably have three more incidents <laughs> in the near future. And this is just a rant. I'm not saying this is actual research. You're going to see that. I'm just saying you right. will have the same incident come up in different ways multiple times because you didn't yes. repair. And that's Correct. kind of, I guess, the point I'm coming back to is I love that First thing is notice something's gone on in your relationship that yeah. needs to repair. And then how do you go about that? What are your bids? What are some strategies and ways of starting that repair process 
-hmm. and noticing your partner is doing that bid for repair is extending that olive branch in whatever way is comfortable for them. And are you receptive to it? So first of all, just get, get in those lenses on paying attention, noticing, looking for it, being intentional. I'm trying to pull up because this is where the Gottman thing can come in Uh handy. Um, Uh It's a very, here we go. It's step-by-step. So this is a worksheet that I will give out to clients, but Uh for listeners, this is kind of the the pathway towards making a repair attempt. Uh Make sure that you soften your startup, which means the tone that you start the conversation with is going to dictate how the conversation goes, right? Yeah. I'm blanking on the exact statistic, but it's a very high number. Mm-hmm. Like more, nine out of 10 times I want to summarize is mm-hmm. like, that's how often. So if I'm like, hey, Ryan, a few minutes ago when this happened, you'd probably be a lot more likely to listen to me than be like, are you kidding me, right? Yeah. Like yelling, yelling is only going to be get more yelling. So yes. first step in a repair attempt is soften your startup, really be calm and make sure that you're at the place of being able to share, even if you're heated internally or like feeling hurt, try and have that emotional and logical balance, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even if we're like, I am really having a hard time not yelling right now is better than yelling, right? So Mm -hmm. even if you're intense with your softened like tone, that's okay. So Mm -hmm. soften the startup, talk about what each of you were feeling. And this is (laughs) the key piece. It doesn't have to feel true, right? You don't have to agree with what your partner was feeling, Mm -hmm. but if you learn and remain curious and go, oh, I could totally see how the fight happened if you felt that way, mm-hmm. way easier to accept a repair attempt. And in this worksheet, there are specific examples, right? I felt criticized. I felt afraid. I felt abandoned. I felt frustrated. I felt hungry, right? I was being inflexible. So many different things that were going on for us that have nothing to do with our partner. And it was just yeah. timing, really. Yeah. Validate what was going on, right? Oh, I, I can't see. I wasn't feeling that way. And because you described it, I can understand that's how you were feeling, right? Validation is the Mm -hmm. key second step. Please accept responsibility for your role in this, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I was watching TV when you brought this up and I was just out to lunch. I haven't been very affectionate lately because I've been stressed with work, right? What was going on for you, for each of you? And then identifying what triggered you is the next step after that, right? What was the trigger coming up? I was tired. My needs weren't met. I felt unsafe. I haven't been getting affection lately. Understand why those are your triggers. And this is that key discussion piece we often have in session. Huh, what made you feel unsafe? Or what made what makes you feel unaffectionate lately, right? Without badgering or interrogating your partner, remaining curious with them, and then being able to have that ending discussion of, okay, what are we going to do, you and I together, not just, well, what are you going to do to make sure What are we going to do next time to make sure this doesn't happen? Given that we've just learned, these are my triggers. This is this, this is that. And sometimes your partner doesn't know their triggers, right? You and I are probably very self-aware because we're therapists and have been in therapy ourselves, what our triggers are, but I still get surprised sometimes. I'm like, oh, that definitely relates to childhood in some way, right? So even in conflict, which is rare for me, luckily now, because of the level of self-awareness and emotional regulation with my partner, it doesn't happen often. I think the only times I felt disconnected when I'm hungry and I will say it ahead of time. I'm like, yeah, this is literally nothing to do with you. Yes. I feel like my eyeballs are going to fall out of my head right now. So I yeah. can't talk until I have yes. calories in my system and I'm a human again. And he's like, okay, like, 
I okay. think the the concept of hangry <laughs> is a wonderful thing that yes. we have developed in our culture for relationships. Because I, like mm-hmm. you, Talia, will notice I am hangry. So let's get some fuel inside this skinny body of mine because <laughs> I'm on empty right now. I have no yes. fuel. Now, then when my brain has nutrients, I can actually come to this repair discussion with patience and compassion. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. and I might not even get in as many conflicts that need repair if I'm making sure I'm taking care of my own needs. Yeah. Yes. Right. And so part of it is was this conflict something that occurred when I had low blood sugar or not? Yeah, yeah. Is a very good question to ask ourselves. Or what, what was I otherwise distracted by an unmet need yes. that I should have filled? Sleep, food, work stress, timing, Whatever right? Those are often the, the basis for a lot of conflict is bad timing, right? Mm-hmm. I asked at the wrong time. Of course, it's going to start a fight. You were in your brain thinking about something else, or I didn't know you were starving when you got home. And it was just like beeline to the microwave to heat something up. And I walk in and I'm like, Hey, so this one thing and I'm like, shut up. Like I need to eat and then I will listen to you. Right. Absolutely. Uh, So really noticing that and is key that, that kind of helps in prepping the stage for repairing is when you're like, Oh, no, I was in that space. I do want to go back to one thing you were saying at the end there about noticing triggers. And yeah, we could, you could be in a relationship where you're discovering what that is in the, in -hmm. the first time. And as, as you also mentioned for yourself, you kind of, you Talia know your triggers. Now you've done that work and insight and that's okay too, to be like, Hey, this happened. Oh, that's that thing that I know um, got me and I was hungry or I was just wasn't in the right mind frame. It just whatever that touched it. And part of the repair, like you said, is kind of owning and taking responsibility. You can go and since you know your triggers and you can communicate with your partner, you can go back and be like, hey, you know, me snapping at you in that moment that was that thing that, that I've been working on or that I know about. And, you know, honestly, it just came up for me in that moment. I was Mm -hmm. feeling really hurt and alone in that moment because of that stuff that, you know, we know about me. So Mm -hmm. that's what came up for me. And I'm ready to be here and not feel alone with you right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just do that. My, My main point as I ramble is mostly about it's okay to just know triggers and go back and own them and big up. That was that thing. We know that about us because remember most of these fights or disagreements or conflict, uh, what's the stat, Ty? Like 69%, they're not going to change. Um, uh, in, yes. I think 69, like 69% are unsolvable. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you'll fight about them for your entire relationship, but you're uh-huh. not going to solve it, right? Yes. I'm a morning person, you're a night person. Yes. That is who we are as people, yeah. independent of this relationship. It's not going to yeah. change, right? Yeah. And then of that 69%, 16% is a gridlocked mm-hmm. issue, which is mm-hmm. more like what I was just describing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just yeah. a fundamental difference yeah. that our value difference issue mm-hmm. that we're, we just have to come to the agreement. It's our hot button topic and respectfully not have that fight because yeah. it's not going to get solved. Yeah. And so that might be one of those examples where, Hey, that hot button topic came up and we have talked before that we're, we don't want to engage that, but it did. Right. Um, and so now we're going to repair and get into that and just say, hey, that hot button came up for me. I, this is what I felt. Let's repair. Let's get back together on the same team instead mm-hmm. of being in conflict. Yeah. And I love how you walked down um, the uh, the Gottman method of how to structure a repair. It yes. echoes some of what I support my couples with in really trying to give some very concrete 
tools or you know uh, themes of how to go about this. Number one thing that I try to frame that in is consider the experience of both partners. And when you're repairing, you want to start by sharing your experience mm-hmm. without blaming language, which is where we go into those I statements, which we, you and I talk about all the time. Yes. And so that's where you can go back, say, okay, I'm ready to repair. And you can go with, hey, I felt blank when I blank, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And you just share like, I was feeling this. This is what I noticed for myself. And you're genuinely sharing your experience. And the key for that is so your partner can hear you and you can be validated and heard. And also you're avoiding the you statements. And because anytime you're saying you did this, you did this, you did this, that's a finger point at your partner, which is just going to lead to more disconnection fight it off. and fight it. Yeah. There's going to be <laughs> no repair if you're pointing fingers at each other. No. So starting with that experience of sharing your experience. And I encourage, you know, if you want to kind of, um, uh, get, get up a level and what you're sharing really knows that I feel statement, that mm-hmm. I statement of what your emotion was in that, in that space. Yes. And then the second experience, so that's you sharing your experience. Then as you said, even, you know, in the Gottman method, what you're going through, be trying to understand your partner's experience. So be curious, yes. like, okay, I shared my experience. What was your experience? Right. Understand that. And your goal in that moment can be make sure your partner feels completely heard. That's mm-hmm. validation at its core. Hey, yes. I'm, a, I'm trying to understand your experience. As you said, Tali, it's okay that we had different experiences in those mm-hmm. moments that led to our disconnection. In this moment of repair now, my strategy is I want to understand you and make sure you right. feel completely heard. And by mm-hmm. making sure you know that I understand you, and you can say, oh man, Ryan feels, or Ryan totally gets me in this moment, mm-hmm. then you feel validated in your experience. And that doesn't have to do with whether who was right or wrong. It's just, right. you're, you're looking at two strategies. I'm going to share my experience, just me not pointing fingers, what was true for me. And I'm going to listen to your experience, make sure you feel completely heard and validated so that we're connected. Because through that type of sharing is how you rebuild the connection. You feel seen, mm-hmm. you feel heard, you feel valued, you feel cared for. That's the, that's the goal there. Yeah. And I, th- I think after a conflict, it feels like you matter or like the person matters. Like yeah. I work when I work with um, people who have more anxious attachment tendencies, the thought of conflict is very scary, similar mm-hmm. with avoidance, right? On a different, different wavelength. But I don't think oh, I love conflict, but it doesn't mean I like picking fights, right? I'm okay with it. I don't get too activated by it. I don't think there's anything that can't be solved with the conversation. And that's the key that I teach my clients is what's literally, what's the worst thing that could happen? Oh, well, we break up and would you still be alive? Yes. Okay. Then have the conversation, right? And of course we've done more work. It's not just me first session telling them that like, and I have sense of humor in my sessions as well. It's them knowing like, oh, I think I'm building it up worse in my head that if I share that I felt conflict or that this is an issue, it's going to cause a conflict. When in reality, again, if you start it gently, it may not even end up as a conflict. It may be your partner being like, oh, okay. Like that totally works for me. Or thanks for telling me. And we're like, what, you're not mad? No. Right. So it's really thinking about leaning in, remaining curious. And like you were saying to your point, what was my partner going through? What was I going through? Postponing your own agenda while you're listening to your partner and not mm-hmm. trying to pick it apart of like, yeah. there's no way they felt that way, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're yeah. missing, yeah. you're missing what they're sharing. So really 
taking a pause and that's why the timing of the repair uh-huh. is huge, right? The timing of when you're having conflict is really big to pay attention to. The timing of when your repair occurs is also really big to pay attention to because if you're doing it at the wrong time or when your partner isn't receptive or when they're hungry, right? <laughs> they're not going they're not going to be as effective as if you caught them at a better time, right? Yeah. So when you're making that bid for a repair, you can ask, hey, I just thought of something I want to share, or I recently had this experience and I'd like to process what happened or whatever is now a good time, mm-hmm. right? And then the partner can be like, can you give me 15 minutes? Great, mm-hmm. actually show up in that amount of time mm-hmm. or no, it's not that amount of time or no, it's not a good time for me. Okay, could you give me a time at work? No, right? That's more of the conflict mm-hmm. avoidance style. It's like, yeah. uh, I hear you and I don't want to overwhelm you. This is really important for me can we please pick a time, right? It's using that assertive communication. We're not trying to bombard our partner with conflict or with repair attempts, right? (laughs) Too much of either is suffocating. Yes. I also like um, while you're picking that time and using that softening language to initiate the conversation and make sure both partners are in a space to have a conversation. I like you're also saying in having time, allow both partners to have time to discuss this because if you if i if i apply a kind of my idea of looking at the different experiences yes when you know you have enough time and you feel like hey we're working on this together then listen to your partner and that desire where you want to either debate or um defend or in some way share your perspective and why it's different than your partners give that breath and go wait we have plenty of time right now I'm here to listen to my partner's experience. I will share my experience in a moment and that's okay. Let's give ourselves this time to make sure we're both sharing our experiences Mm -hmm. because that is the antidote to the disconnection and it's the antidote to um, a pattern of, well, here's what happened for me. Well, this is why I was doing this. And then you just get into (laughs) trying to, yeah. Because if you, if both partners just share their experience without the other person hearing them, then it just becomes a battle of explanation. Yes. That's not going to be a useful pattern of repair. No. Then you're just trying to be louder or more right in your experience. (laughs) It has to be balanced with I'm sharing my experience and I'm listening to your experience. Correct. It has to be both. Otherwise, again, it's, it's that negative interaction pattern of, well, cool. So you did that, but here's why I did this. Here's why I did this. And then your partner's never going to listen to you because you're not listening I, to them. I, I laugh being yeah. reminded of <laughs> a couple I've worked with. Yeah. Uh, it was years ago. It was just, it was the sweetest thing to see them interact. And of course I'm saying sweetest, yeah. like the, the sick person that I am living conflict. <laughs> um, it was fascinating to see them battle over who was more right. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at them thinking, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Like, no wonder you guys fight all the time. This yeah. is just not a, a functional interactional pattern. Yeah. And I, I, and I, this is a, a, an, a more commonly known line now, but it's basically like, do you want to be married or do you want to be right? Yep. Like, figure your shit out. Because if you're going to continue to get in a battle with your partner, even if you win the argument, you lose like mm-hmm. if you have to feel like you're winning over your partner, you're losing because that's yeah. causing a rupture or a disconnect in the relationship. And that was key for them learning that. And then they started to fight a little bit more diplomatically where mm-hmm. they still would start the fight with, 
I'm right because of this reason and I'm right because of this reason. And then they would actually go into the repair attempt. So some yeah. part of them still needed to get their point across of like, yeah. well, I think I'm right because of this. I think I'm right because of this. And their careers definitely led into them feeling that way. Yeah. And then after that was out of the way, right. We scheduled that on purpose after that was out of the way, they went into the actual repair and they were like, I oh, guess we were both right. And that's the thing is they are both right. It's their own subjective reality. Of course I'm right. It's yeah. me. And well, you would be right too. If we were in this, you know, fantastical example relationship we yeah. give in some episodes, like, yes, both of us are right. And that's not going to be conducive to being in a relationship if we're fighting over that rather than yeah. how do we solve the conflict? So you and I need to decide on one side against whatever the issue is, right? So it's you and me versus the problem mm-hmm. rather than me versus you or me versus the problem alone and me blaming you for leaving me alone with the problem when you don't even know what the problem is. And then I get mad at you because you should know what the problem is. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and that's, I mean, you're, you're pointing out these ideas of couples can get stuck in being adversaries and trying to be more right over the other when, man, if there's one thing that I hope listeners of the podcast will hear me say over again is shifting away from being who's right and into we're a team, how do we work together and collaborate? And yes. that's kind of a, a, a thing you can notice when you're trying to shift into repair mode mm-hmm. because you've had a disconnection where maybe some of that, ooh, I'm right came up. When it's time to repair, go in with that intention of, all right, teamwork. We're yes. a team. This relationship is the most relation, most important relationship in my life. How do we work as a team and collaborate together? Mm-hmm. really key. Um, I also love what you're uh, um, honoring that actually a lot of times as couples get skills, they realize, wait, we're both right. It is a subjective experience. I will often point out to couples, first of all, you are the expert of your experience. So yes. I can't contest that, nor can your partner. And second of all, you can live the exact same moments and have mm-hmm. completely different valid experiences. Yes. And yes. that's why the, the tools and the ideas I'm, I'm suggesting of how to repair is share your experience and listen mm-hmm. to your partner's experience. That's mm-hmm. the strategy going in because you can often have different experiences and they're both true. They are yes. both accurate and that's okay. Yeah. Absolutely okay. So it's understanding those differences to uh, you can both be correct and work together. And not using <laughs> what your partner shares as a trigger against them. That no. would be yeah. a bit of advice. It's not using it. Like, cool, thank you for letting me know this angers you deeply. Let yeah. me covet it and hold on to it just for a day. Like, yeah. it, it's just not effective. However, it does happen in conflict where we say, like you, which you shared earlier in the episode, we say things louder. We say oh. things in a more hurtful way. We say yeah. things we know will get under our partner's skin. It's an old way of fighting. And when couples yeah. regress back to that in front of me, I push pause. Well, sometimes I'll like blow a whistle basically. And I'm like, stop it. Yeah. And they like, look at me and I'm like, what the hell are you doing right now? Okay. And they're like, uh, and I'm like, uh, you haven't done this since the first session. What's going on? Why are we regressing? Like, of course, in a yeah. loving way. And I, I, approach it differently if they're in a different zone of like hey guys let's just take a time out what's going on here you know that's key for them to know that they have to interrupt that old interactional mm-hmm. pattern mm-hmm. there may be a trigger why that old pattern is coming up right i sense mm-hmm. you're about to do it so i slip back into it or you mm-hmm. actually did slip back into it so it's it's yeah. it's that dynamic piece of don't use it and weaponize the interventions please <laughs> that we're mm-hmm. sharing with you yeah in the same vein 
if you start to notice yourself slipping back, call a pause. We've said this before, right? The best repair attempt is the one that doesn't even need to happen because you've interrupted yourself from having a conflict by being like, um, hold on. Old me is about to come out and I don't want her to. So give me a hot minute. I'm going to walk back in the room and we're going to try that again because I really didn't start that well. That in and of itself is such a good prevention because your partner goes, oh, wow, they really do value the relationship more Mm -hmm. than being right. And they called themselves out and took responsibility Mm -hmm. before we had a fight. Love this. Yeah. That looks like for me in my relationship where um, I'm a natural avoider and withdrawer. So you know, my partner comes to me and wants to repair, but has some feeling that hits my trigger. I'll be like, whoa, okay. I hear you. I'm getting um, some discomfort, which means like, I don't want to have this conversation. Give me a second. I'm going to walk into the other room. Then I'll, I'll be able to come back because I know my natural thing is I'm doing that old pattern where I'm not going to listen to you. I'm just yes. going to be defensive. And I'm going to shut down. Instead, I'm going to take a few breaths interrupt that and come back ready to rock as a teammate on this on this relationship correct I love that uh the last thing I want to kind of throw out which again I'm kind of echoing something you've already said but I want to highlight a little bit more is another part of repair is if there was a mistake so if we're shifting from the world of both partners are right and their experiences are valid which again is often the the time but let's just say there was something (laughs) let's just say I'm not Talia (laughs) and I happen to realize I did make a mistake (laughs) I'm laughing so hard I wish they could see me (laughs) it's great um because yeah sometimes you will just make a mistake or like this example like hey maybe I did shut down and that led to like the bigger fight um which Mm -hmm. happens in my relationship because that's what I do and I go ah shit I did that thing where I just defended and didn't listen or whatever cool there are times where it can be right to have an apology so just be on the lookout for that if you notice there's something you take responsibility for as you've said yes. and have an apology do do that in your repair and as you mentioned mm-hmm. uh listeners you go back to we did a full um podcast episode on apologies briefly i'll just mention what's my three key recommendations for an apology when it's time to apologize actually say hey i'm sorry number one number two share what your mistake was, how you hurt the other person. That's you acknowledging you understand what was wrong. Mm -hmm. And then three, share your commitment to change and just say, hey, I'm sorry, here's what I did. Here's what I'm gonna do differently. And that goes a long way. Not all repairs need that. Cause again, a lot of times it's a repair of our experiences are different. So let me just share mine and hear yours and then we can problem solve together as a team. But sometimes you might find yourself in a position where you're like, oh man, I did that thing. Or when your partner shares their experience, you learn you had a role that was hurtful to them in that experience. And you can take that responsibility like, oh, I didn't even realize I did the thing. I'm really sorry. I hear that I hurt you in that way by either showing up poorly or not showing up or whatever the, the thing is. I'm going to have this commitment that in the future... I'm not going to withdraw. I'm not going to shut down. And again, that's my example because Ryan, I am someone who likes to shut down. Um, so this is kind of my last thing as sometimes mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that. The apology yes. can be a key part of repair. And don't do, not you, but I would mm-hmm. highly caution against people doing that. I'm sorry you felt that way. Yeah. I want to choke a bitch when I hear that. <laughs> yeah. I, I really yeah. do not like that. It's invalidating. First of all, that's why yeah, it's completely. my trigger. And I own that. I don't like yeah. invalidation. Yeah. It's also very disingenuous. Yeah. And I'm not saying that some, there are some times where people don't know what else to say. And they truly yeah. are like, I'm so sorry that you were angry. Right. Even that is a different shift of I'm sharing the, 
the label, the emotion that you've either said that you were, or I'm sensing that you're feeling. Yeah. I'm, I am so, I'm truly sorry this caused anger, right? Yeah. Rather than, oh, I'm sorry, you felt, it's the tone in which that is saying. So yeah. like in the which you're saying mm-hmm. it, that matters. So if you are genuinely apologetic, that that's the feeling that came up for your partner, because that was not your intention at all. That's a different way of saying like, mm-hmm. well, I'm sorry you felt that way. Like, yeah. don't say it in a catty defensive tone. Yeah. And please don't say, I'm sorry, but yeah. it invalidates the apology. Mm-hmm. So like we said, walk through the repair attempt, make the repair genuine and truly do apologize. I am sorry. My intention was not this. I will work better at it because of this. Mm -hmm. Sounds way better than I'm sorry that you felt that way, but I was right. (laughs) Yeah. There has to be in that, in a, in this keys of a good apology. And again, listen to the episode for like a lot more in depth, Yeah. but having that apology. And that's why the second part is like, share what you did. That was the mistake that was hurtful because that's you taking responsibility that's Mm -hmm. part of that thing because when you say i'm sorry you felt that way there's no responsibility taken by the person giving the apology it's like hey if anything it puts the responsibility and the blame back on the person who was hurt in the first place so Mm -hmm. you're not really owning a genuine mistake you're not owning like huh i did something wrong and keep in mind i mean now we're going down a route of apology so actually i'll stop after this last point um Intent versus impact is a common thing in apologies. So if you've ever heard anything about apologies, like we've talked about, notice that it's not always about what you intended. You can apologize. Even if you had the best of intentions, you can still own, ooh, but my impact of my words were hurtful. So Mm -hmm. I'm still going to apologize. Even though, yeah, you didn't have that intent and you might've said it the most perfectly crafted, loving, soft startup in the world. Yes. And it was still hurtful to your partner. You can still attune to that hurt and go like, oh man, I hurt you. I'm really sorry that my words had that negative impact on you. Correct. Here's how I'm understanding I can be better. And here's what I'm going to do in the future based on mm-hmm. what you told me. Because I and love that you. And that could happen even in a yeah. repair attempt, yeah. right? So I think Absolutely. this all loops together. Notice when your partner would l- either that you need to make a repair or maybe you'd like your partner to make a repair and asking for it or sharing it in a way that's like hey this thing isn't sitting well with me and our relationship it's about the relationship not you need to apologize for this it's like I I would really appreciate an apology an apology would make me feel like you understand what's going on right it's explaining even if we're we're the one prompting and be gentle be gentle with your startup own what your triggers were really being curious as to what was going on for yourself and your partner in that conflict and how best you can do better moving forward in order to avoid said conflict potentially from coming up again. Absolutely. I love that. Cool. Hope that gives listeners a whole bunch of ideas and things to look for with repair and some actual strategies and things to do when they're attempting those repairs. I'd be very curious to hear some listeners' application of our ideas it's something that we haven't asked for before but if you'd like to write into us and share hey uh, we listened to this and here's what we did in our relationship i'd love that um i've had um people say hey we want to listen to the podcast together and what would that be like absolutely if you and your partner are listening to this together let us know how you're applying these concepts and these ideas be really cool to hear and if you'd like um give us permission we can even share that um on a podcast episode in general, if you have questions and you want us to answer your relationship questions on the podcast, shoot us an email, Ryan and Talia at the couples guide podcast.com. Or slide in our DMs at the couples guide podcast. 
Absolutely. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time.